Welcome to the Old Souls and Seekers podcast brought to you by Satori Prime. If you're anything like us, you've been around and around the personal development and mindset block quite a few times. You've read the books, watched the videos, attended the seminars, and even worked with a coach or two, and yet you still find yourself searching for more. You may even feel stuck or that you should be farther along than where you are right now. And after doing over a decade of mindset work, we've come to this realization. Mindset work is like a small hit of dopamine that distracts you from your true work. You get these little hits of feeling better only to be met with the same underlying conditions and patterns over and over again. Now, mindset was an important part of your evolution as well as ours, but it hits a plateau and now you find yourself ready for that deeper layer of growth and expansion. If you're listening to this podcast, then you're ready to get off that Ferris wheel. This podcast is only for those that are ready to dive deep and do the real inner healing work. For those that are ready to move past more information into actual experiences. If you're looking for more understanding, then you've come to the wrong place. This is a home for old souls ready to fully embrace and remember who they truly are. Ready to make a profound difference in their lives and in the lives of others. So welcome home, dear one. We're excited to be part of your journey. All right, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Old Souls and Seekers. I'm excited. This is going to be an interview episode. I know that you guys have had a lot of uh, Guy and I recently. So excited to have uh, Shane James here with us. How are you doing today? Doing well. I just have to say, I love the name old souls and seekers. Like those are two words or phrases that I just completely have identified as my whole life. So it was really fun to be here. Well, it's, uh, it was divinely given to me, uh, in a moment of deep meditation. So, uh, yeah, thank you. (laughs) Interesting. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So, uh, Shana, why don't you start by telling people about what you do and the kind of work that you're bringing through these days? Yeah. All right. Which angle to focus on? I mean, a a lot of what I do these days is work with men and it's around, you know, on, on one level, it's love and relationship, men who aren't, you know, satisfied in their love and relationship. Um, it also are some of those people out there. And, you know, I love the overlap between love and leadership or sales and sex. Like there's this, you know, again, this is the surface level, but there are so many things that show up in one area that also show up in the other areas. And on the deeper level, right. As an old soul and as a seeker, I, I look at it in a couple different ways. I mean, one is the aspect of self-love and, you know, acceptance and just really being able to tolerate and go into whatever is here for us and whatever our, you know, the, the fears, the desires, the longings, the shame, all of that. Um, and on another level, on the deepest level, I would say really exploring like, who are we as human beings and what on earth is happening here? And, and, you know, your audience, I think thinks in this way too, right? Like we are, I see myself as a spiritual being having a human experience and not all of my clients necessarily do, but whatever layer they want to go to or whatever level they're willing to go to, I like to play in as deep a way as people want to. I guess my first question, and this is always of interest to me, is do men feel more comfortable uh, 
with a woman coach when it comes to love? Hmm. It's a good question. I think some do. I think for some men, it's a little bit easier to open up. And then there are also men who judge that and they're like, well, you know, you shouldn't go to a woman if it's easier, you should work with a man. And I don't know, I have many opinions about that. I mean, I think, I think men and women can do different things with men. You know, yes. one of the things I do is get to practice being human and to bring up some of that anxiety and the fear and the frustration and the like, I don't know how to say this or have this thing come out of my mouth and we get to actually practice and I can reflect back like, you know, that may be where you lost yourself or where you let your head take over as opposed to your heart. And, you know, I can reflect as a, a woman, if they are engaging in relationships with a woman and wanting to have those conversations. Yeah. Um, but I also think men need men, you know, to be around and to, to get, oh, I'm not alone. And my shame isn't dirtier, uglier than anyone else's shame. So I like the holistic picture yeah. where everybody's involved. So obviously you've done as an old soul and seeker, uh, a tremendous amount of work, uh, on yourself. What's, what's your journey and path been like? Oh man. How what's did you get to this place? Been like, I don't know. I'm definitely one of those like voracious consumers. <laughs> <laughs> I did a master's in transpersonal psychology, you know, almost 20 years ago and um, have been very into yoga and medicine work. And I do the diamond approach, which is very like, it's a psychological, spiritual path where you really inquire into what's here in this moment, you know, whatever contractions, closures, psycho closures psychology, whatever, and then actually find your way into soul and spirit and all of the different realms. And, you know, a sex has actually been a really beautiful spiritual practice mm -hmm. for me as well. So whatever, whatever's possible. I feel like I just, I want to try it and experience it. That's beautiful. Well, let, let's highlight that a little bit about the sex part. Cause I think sex becomes, we actually had a, a woman on here a while back that also, um, this was kind of like her coaching was yeah. uh, transformation through sex. And yeah. I always find it really fascinating because sex is one of those things that's both, um, exciting and also taboo at the same yeah. time. And I, I remember I was, let me see, I was like probably like 25 and a friend of mine uh, gave me the multi-orgasmic man. Yeah. And I remember thinking at that time, I was like, damn, why didn't someone give me this when I was like 13, 13? years old? <laughs> yeah. And like practicing nonstop and practicing all the wrong things, well, not the wrong things, but just not with this, you know, heightened level view. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, like what's, what's been your exploration through sex? Like what, what kind of wisdom can be gained, um, mm. I guess, about relationships, about life, about self that you've kind of explored? Yeah, good question. I mean, one of the things that feels so exciting for me is that about sex is uh, it feels like it really highlights patterns that happen outside of the bedroom. Mm. So if I'm having a hard time opening up emotionally or just like relaxing or letting go of control, that will show up for me in the bedroom. And if I don't see it as a problem, 
right? And if my partner doesn't see it as a problem, then there's something for us to really play with and explore. And so if we're both willing to, in some ways, come to the mat or in, in Tantra, one of the ways they talk about it as come as you are, right? You don't have to come all turned on and excited and feel like there's got to be heat to, to have sex. You know, it can be this really beautiful practice where sometimes it's gentle and loving and sometimes it's primal and sometimes it's everything in between. And for me, there's always been this, uh, I don't know, quest or like the seeking, right? To understand who are we beyond our personalities. And I think if you have a perspective of anything goes in the bedroom, not anything goes like I should do things I don't want to do, but anything sure. goes as in let's explore and let's see what happens and let's not put a, a limit on it. Or as you and I were talking about, like, let's not think we have to be, you know, hot, happy and, and free to, to, make sex actually feel amazing, you know, that we can actually go into all those darker places and we can heal and we can transform. Out of curiosity, does this level of work necessitate uh, a need for a partner who's on board? Yes. Well, yes and no. <laughs> I would say it could be a partner who's on board. I mean, I've had really beautiful experiences by myself as well, oh, you know, in some ways opening to spirit and welcoming in, you know, different consciousness um, through my own sexual exploration by myself. So yes and no, right. In some ways to work through some of the relational dynamics, I would say it takes a partner who's willing, but otherwise can be a really beautiful self-practice as well. Is there something, whether recent or like in the, you know, somewhat recent times that you can highlight for people that like, was it just a amazing aha moment? Yeah. What do you think of an amazing aha moment? I mean, I did have an experience with my partner recently where, um, there, it was like, there's a couple of moments that actually, you know, stand out for me. And often they stand out around feeling a lot of emotion, whether it's anger or sadness wow. and then being in this kind of sensual space together. Wow. And one that I've talked about before, but you know, maybe your listeners probably haven't heard is that there was a time where I was in bed with my partner. We weren't necessarily having sex yet, depending on what your definition of sex is, but I was really not totally there. And I was kind of trying to go along with it. I wasn't even completely aware that I wasn't really there. And he looked at me and he was like, you're not really that into this, are you? And I said to him, like, I, I had this moment where I, I went inside and I was like, well, I could just lie and keep going, right? You know? And I thought, I don't want to do that. That feels oh. shitty. But a, a, a lot of times in my history, it was like, well, if I just keep going, if I, if I lie and keep going, I'll keep people happy or, you know, something will, it won't break down and that person won't get upset and it won't create this whole domino effect. And then, but instead I was like, no, actually I'm not. Wow. And because we wow. have this practice of being conscious together and welcoming whatever's there he, you know, he had a moment of like, I could see there was, it kind of went through his eyes. Like maybe he was feeling a little hurt or a little upset or whatever, but he was like, okay, well, let's make space for that. Wow. And what actually showed up was that I, I hadn't really been conscious. I'd been at a funeral that day 
And I was still grieving and processing and, you know, I was confused, but we only see each other once a week. And so it was kind of like, this was our sensual time and I was going to go for it. And, and I just started bawling Wow! and he just held me and, you know, kissed my face and, and it was, he was super sweet and just asked for, you know, more, like, just, just bring it, whatever it is. And then we actually ended up making love and it was beautiful because it was like, from this place of, I was fully in my heart, he was in his heart, you know, instead of the, my fear that it was going to ruin everything, it actually brought us into this beautiful, loving place together. Yeah. You know, it's, it speaks really interestingly. He, he sounds like an amazing He's man. He's an amazing human being. Yes. Um, and I think that that's one of the things that uh, I think even on your show, we spoke about when I was there, like how men aren't trained to hold a space and a container for certain emotions, whether those come from a a woman or they come from a man, it's irrelevant. It's just like in that moment, and I'm sure there's even women, like there's just humans that can't deal with that level of sadness coming at them or that level of grief or maybe a level of anger or a level of, um, not caring, you know, like when someone like pulls their energy away from you. Um, and so I'm curious, cause I have a feeling you probably do this work with, with men too. It's like, how do you go about having these conversations and experiences with these guys so that they can hold this? That. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, such a beautiful question. I mean, I think a lot of times what I'm working with, with men is making themselves right really getting to that place of there's nothing wrong with me. You know, I have nothing to prove. I have nothing to defend. And therefore, when all of that emotion is happening out there, it's not because I did something bad or wrong. You know, it's not because I fucked up. It's not because I created a mess. It's like, oh, there's something happening in that other person out there. And if I can get curious and I can welcome it and I can invite more of it, it's going to move through that person. You know, even if a person isn't practiced at their expressing their emotions, you know, if a man is right and okay with himself and willing to just ride the ride, like I one one man I I worked with years ago, who was also a coach, talked about it as like standing on the top of a mountain where the wind is blowing through your hair and just, you know, just feeling it all instead of trying being like, oh, I gotta get out of the wind. It's too yeah. cold. Right. You know, if you can let it through, if you can welcome it, if you can accept it instead of, oh, fuck, we just got to get this, you know, we got to get this over or God damn, we were supposed to have sex tonight and now we're not going to. And that scarcity mentality, you know, that so much richness can open up when there is that kind of acceptance. I mean, he did this even the other night. It was really beautiful outside the bedroom when we were doing a practice of inquiry together. And the first thing I said was, my heart feels really flat. Like mm. I'm looking at you and I feel like there's this white plastic fence in front of my heart and I can't really feel much. Mm. And I notice I'm having a hard time trusting, you know, wow. and that can be one of those buzzwords. That's like, oh yeah, you're having a hard time trusting. Well, <laughs> let me show you. I'm trustworthy. And how could you not, you know, could go into that. You could start defending, but if you're not defending, then a really powerful exploration can happen. So he ended up 
you know, he, he was, he said, oh yeah, I can feel my own contraction there, my own fear. And it makes total sense that based on your own history, he said to me, you know, you wouldn't trust. And what if we kind of just played with the fact that most people don't speak the full truth. So what if instead of being pissed off at each other or snarky with each other, like you're withholding from me, it was just like, oh, let's just assume not from a place of malice that we're both doing the best we can, but we're not going to be fully honest. And then we can explore from there. And suddenly my heart opened and I was like, oh, I felt like my heart took a breath for the first time in days, you know? Wow. So that thing that we thought was going to be whatever would break something can actually be a really beautiful door to connection. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, you know, we, we've all had traumas where like we've said that thing and it's created yeah. and it's gone really bad. so much pain. And then we're like, I'm never going to do that thing again. And yes. we just go down this pathway. Um, can you speak more to that exercise? It sounds very intriguing. Like what is that exercise that you guys do together? Yeah. I mean, there's a couple different ways to frame it. One, um, I've, I've taught a lot of authentic relating and in authentic relating land, what it often looks like is one person speaking something I'm noticing right now and noticing usually internally about myself, my emotions, my sensations, sometimes thoughts, if you're using thoughts, it's best not to go into like, you know, lots and lots of story. I notice I'm thinking this and that, and blah, 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 but you know, keeping it pretty, relatively simple. And then the other person on the other side can say something like, well, hearing that I notice mm-hmm. this about myself. Okay. Then hearing that, and you can go back and forth in my spiritual practice in the diamond approach, they call it a dialectical inquiry. And it's really similar in that again, just going inside, checking, you know, using presence and awareness to find what you're aware of internally and then being, being impacted, right? Both of them, it's being willing to be impacted by the person across from you or by the soul across from you, however you see it and seeing what's here in this moment. That's awesome. Yeah. We have a an energetic practice that we, we teach some of our students and some of the high love programs called, uh, an alchemy session Ooh. where you're kind of in this dropped in aware place. And as your energetic bodies start to kind of like get in sync, yeah. um, one person will say like, this is kind of like, I'm feeling this energy or I'm feeling that or whatever. And then the other person, it's interesting. Cause it's like, once you start to sync, you almost start to say things at the same time. Like the, yes. the rising is just in both of you. Totally. And it's right. just this very surreal experience to be that in sync. Uh, yeah. and we don't even do this with like, you know, uh, partners like like intimate partners right. it doesn't have like, to be an intimate partner these are just like that it's amazing. strangers sometimes yeah yes and i love that i mean that to me in some ways one thought i go to is like right imagine that in the bedroom i mean that is yes. such a beautiful synchronicity and then beyond that even outside of the bedroom right to have that level of connection and intimacy is just it's so rich and it's so beautiful and it's so touching and meaningful in a way that a lot of people walk around, you know, I I mean, work with a lot of people who kind of feel like roommates or 
It's like even, even relationships that are good and people feel they're like, yeah, we, you know, we have a good life. We've got this, we've got that, we got a family. They often don't get to that heart or soul level with each other, which is such a, I feel sad about that. I don't know if they do, you know. It's, it's, we live in a world where the construct of relationships has shifted and changed so much that it's not like they're around many people that have that to, for them to even know that they're missing that. It's possible that it's, yeah. Yeah. Right. right? Like for most people, it's like, if, if we're not arguing every second and if I can tolerate my partner, we're doing well, then we're doing okay. (laughs) Like, and that's all that I could hope for. And that's, it's such a sad reality. Like I look at my friends and luckily, you know, uh, we all like within my core group of friends, we all got into personal development really young. Like I'm talking anywhere from late teens to like early twenties. Right. And so we had this amazing group where we had tools as we were going into like our more serious relationships. And we had tools to both speak to our partners, but also have, friends that were around us watching the partnership build that were always asking questions. And and so now I look at like our group of friends Mm -hmm. versus some of the other ones that I've met Mm -hmm. and it's profoundly different. Like when we started hanging out with kind of people in in my like uh, more hometown, every, this is how it goes. Like we go into a dinner party or we go into a room and it's like women and men. It's just like, interesting. Always, like the I mean, rivers parts are the same. Always, part. like, it without fail. And then yeah. I notice that, like, when I go to parties at like my core friend's house, like, like the, the close group of us, everyone's always hanging out together. Hmm. Always, and, and probably the other having things, a lot deeper conversations, right? There's, that's, you know, and, how yeah, are you and actually doing? Like, what's really going exactly. on? Exactly. As opposed, and to, and there's something else which like men, this is so funny. It's like, we'll go to a dinner party, even if it's a couple and like the husband will only talk to me versus we have a conversation as the four of us. And it's just really like, it's just become so the norm that I don't even know that people are aware at least to me, like I, I come to it and it's, it's strange. I'm like, yeah. I'm kind of interested what your wife has to say too, yeah. but I can't hear her. I can't. Right. <laughs> I think, you know, there's a lot of discomfort and a lot of trying to do it right or trying to, to live up to the ideals or what we were taught, you know, whether it's religion or culture or whatever versus yeah, just getting a little weirder or a little, <laughs> a little more out of the box with it. Yeah. So in your, in your life, uh, a partner, I'm assuming this is someone that's, uh, you're not married to at this moment. Not married. No, we've been Got together it. for three and a half years. Okay. Married before. Yeah. Okay. So uh, interesting as a, as a relationship person, like you've gone through the, I fell in love. It wasn't quite the love. Yeah. So 
how is, I mean, obviously that's probably got to be incredibly useful now, probably really painful then, but like incredibly yes. useful now to yeah. have those conversations. Yeah. Really useful. I mean, I do remember, right. I was, I was a relationship coach as I was getting divorced and there were a couple of weeks in there where I was just like, Oh shit, wow. this is bad. This look, this looks really bad. And then I thought, you know, I really, I came through that one pretty quickly where I was like, I wouldn't call my clients a failure if they decided to end a relationship. And that actually really, you know, spoke to their soul and they felt like that was the right decision. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't make them wrong for that. So why am I making myself wrong? And now, yeah, it's really, it's powerful. And there were a lot of, there was a lot of growing up I did. I mean, I got married when I was, I think just before I got 30, just before I turned 30, that's where I got 30. Um, so I think we were 27 when we met and I look back and I think, wow, I was a baby. I mean, I too started with personal development and growth in my late teens, early twenties, but still, I mean, I was acting from so many wounded places. Yeah, I did not have the level of consciousness. And when, when I got divorced, I made a huge commitment to myself that first of all, I was not going to engage in disrespectful behavior anymore. Wow. I saw that as the root of, you know, what I went, watched my parents go through and what had broken the trust in my marriage. Mm. And I also said to myself, you know, I don't want to be in a, like a really committed long-term relationship until I can learn how to stop losing myself. Wow. And that one, I realized you can't really practice unless you're in a relationship. So I've had to endure some of the pain of- yes shit, this is my pattern. This is my tendency, yes. you know, up until this very day, it's still happening. And so it's, it's, but it's, it's been a really powerful process. I see relationship as a spiritual path. So as long as I'm using it that way, I don't feel like I want to pull my hair out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are, it's interesting. I had a very similar insight right before I got uh, married. I was, I was one of those guys that I dated women for two weeks at a time, three weeks at a time. I, in my entire dating life, and I'm even including, uh, middle school, right. Yeah. I had three long-term relationships and they weren't even that long-term long. I, I was like, going to say long-term meaning how long Yeah, I had one, <laughs> like, like in middle school, no joke. This was like a four month relationship. Yeah. Then it was just like date, 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 date. Then wow. it was, uh, I didn't date anyone in high school. Wow. Just a lot of like short, short dates. Yeah. I had a girlfriend in college for two plus years. That was like my first real long-term, long-term mm -hmm. relationship. Yeah. Um, then I broke up with her and again, it was like week, two weeks, week, two weeks, three weeks, whatever. And then at some point, I'd done so much personal development. So like right at the time, right before I broke up with that girlfriend, that's when I kind of started like my big personal development journey. Yeah. And I think at that, that was one of the things that kind of like had us separate. Yeah. Um, but I went through a lot of like learning about myself, how I was in relationships, healing that old relationships, figuring out this, figuring out that. And then I realized kind of what you just said, which is there's certain things that as much understanding as you have, it makes no difference 
because being in the relationship and actually having the experience of those things is very different. So I pretty much threw myself into a nine month long relationship, knowing full well from like date number one, that this was not going anywhere Uh uh long-term, but I was like, I need to be in a relationship to practice, to start to practice and heal these things. If I actually want to find the one, cause I, I got to a place where I was like, these three week things are just, I'm not going deep enough where I can actually get to that place. And like, one of the things you mentioned, uh, which resonates for me too, is like, I, one of the biggest lessons I learned is like, whenever someone liked me more than I liked them, that was my exit. I was like, we're done here. And learning to let someone love me when I didn't feel like I deserved to be loved was huge. And like standing in that consistently and being like, I'm such a fucking asshole. And she still gets to love me for yourself too. It was, yeah, it was like all of this internal work. And then I broke up with that girl. And within a month I I met my wife. wife. Yeah. So it, it all kind of worked out, but I really, I think that's such an important point that like, you can't learn about playing basketball, reading basketball books and, and going out and shooting hoops by yourself. Like it just doesn't work at some point you got to get on the court playing, like doing all that kind of stuff. So as you transition from that into the new relationship, and I know that we're always still working on things. Um, yes, I will never claim to be not. Oh, working. hell no. Oh, hell no. That would be dangerous. If anyone ever claims that you should all run away. Run. Yes. <laughs> um, it sounds like you found an amazing partner to, to explore with, which is obviously uh, rare and beautiful. Yeah. And I'm curious, like what, What are the things that you're learning today? What are you uncovering today? How are you exploring and up-leveling like how you show up as a human being in a relationship, as a mom, like all of those things? It's a great question. I mean, one of the things, our biggest struggle really is the logistics. And a lot of people say like, oh, you guys should be able to figure it out. We're not really, it's not, we're not figuring it out. I mean, so- we live an hour and a part, uh, an hour apart. He has three kids. I have one kid. We both have our own businesses. You know, it's, it's really fascinating. And as the pandemic has hit and I'm trying to figure out where is best for my kid to be, it's not in the same place necessarily where it's best for his kid to be. And so part of our exploration is, can we trust and, you know, take action, not just blindly, like we've actually done some looking to see, could we be in the same place, but can we trust and can we realize like m- me speaking my truth and actually saying the other night, Hey, I just want to make the call that it seems like in this moment, there is no place that both of us are going to be happy that we think our kids are going to be happy, like wow. looking for it. But I just need to say it not from pessimism, but from a place of like, let's just get on the the real ground, you know, and not make it. Now we have to break up. Now we have to. Now we have to get anxious. Now we have to, you know, hate each other or or blame each other. So I think a lot of what we're working with right now that I'm working with right now is, can I speak my truth? Kind of in that moment too, saying like my heart feels flat or. 
I don't like that, you know, you haven't made the time to do these things that I really want to do. And I can take responsibility for that. I'm not making you wrong. I'm not blaming you. And I'm willing also to say if I don't like something, because I think in my history, I've been the good girl, you know, the one who's always nice and kind, and I should be happy and low maintenance and all that stuff. And so really playing with like, oh, I actually get to have a voice and I get to speak my truth and I can actually do it with total love mm. and with a willingness to not know. You know, I can say, I have this story. I think I said, I have this story that you actually don't want to live near me and my kid. And I'm not attached that that's true, but that's what keeps going through my head. And I just want to say it to clear it because- yes. Otherwise it just keeps repeating. And then I start seeing you through that lens. Yes. And then he had a chance to sit and say, okay, I hear that. It's actually not what's true for me. He wasn't defending, but it was like, oh, right. That's not what's here for me. And logistically, I don't know how to make it work either. So I think for me, again, that's that place of not losing myself. I've been so guilty of that. I've also been guilty of going over to the other side of the street, as some people would say, like I've gone to, oh, well, maybe this just isn't going to work out. Or maybe, you know, maybe you don't want to be with me instead of I'm feeling unloved right now, or I'm struggling right now, or I'm having a hard time actually being vulnerable with you right now. So that other practice is not just kind of sloughing it off onto someone else and putting my upset over there, but really owning it. So profound. Like I really, that's so worth highlighting. Uh, Two things. One, naming something like whether it's, um, we do a lot of like uh, parts work. So kind of like a internal family system type stuff. And one of the things I tell people is, you know, there's the you, and then there's hundreds of these parts. Hundreds or thousands. Of- <laughs> yeah, thousands maybe. And it's not that you're upset, or it's not that you're sad, or it's it's a part. Part of me is sad. Yeah, a part. There's a like a little hurt little boy right now yeah. who's feeling unheard. Yeah. Or feeling not seen, and once you can even like name that part. Yes. That part gets seen. And the, the, the process starts to kind of like dissipate and it yeah. gives you space. So I think that's just so beautiful so to space. be able to name that. Um, and then the other thing that I absolutely love that you shared, it's like creating um, from, from that place. So like you can name that, that thing mm-hmm. without blame that yes. something like they're doing something you need to, to do something me. to fix this right or you're doing something to me exactly correct correct mm-hmm. because i find that like if we don't name mm-hmm. and we hold on to that thing yeah then whatever your pattern is you're going to start to do weird manipulative shit yes. to prove that story right yeah so like you'd like take these jabs at that person or you're like do something to make them do that thing that hurts you the most so that you can go, see, See? I knew it. I knew knew, it. it. (laughs) So I just think it's really beautiful. Like that practice of just naming what's there out of curiosity as you, you know, I feel like you've had these things because obviously this is your world. I don't know what his world is, but 
how did you get to a place where you could create that kind of safe mm. space to yeah. say like, look, are you open to us having this? Cause I think a lot of, let's say this, if we interviewed a hundred women and a hundred yeah. men and said, is trust in a relationship important to you? Like, like someone being able to say what they mean, it would be like number one or two, number one or two. Exactly. Yep. So no one would argue with that, but yep. when someone actually speaks truth, yeah. like, fuck you, fuck, right? So there's a big gap to fill between what we kind of want and like what you just described as yeah. this is my relationship. Yeah. Yeah. There's a big gap. And I think a lot of it is people tend to listen through the ears of defensiveness or trying to prove ourselves right. You know, one of my favorite books is Undefended Love. I don't know if you've read that one. No. It's amazing. And it really looks at, you know, well, what would what would happen if we don't defend ourselves? You know, it, it doesn't necessarily make you wrong, right? If someone says, I think you're being an asshole. And instead of being like, I'm not being an asshole, you're being an asshole. Like, what if it's like, oh, really? Okay. Tell me what has you say that wow. it doesn't mean that you actually are that, but if you're getting curious about what someone else says, you know, that's, I would say master level work where you, say, that, you that's some pretty high someone, level work, right? Where you hear someone's blame or attack and you really just get curious about it. But if it's not taken personally, if it's more like, oh, there's something happening here that isn't working. Let me, let me check this out or explore it. Then there's room to actually start to trust each other and to not have to hide or hold back or tell those little white lies that I'm totally guilty of to make things go smoother. You know, then a relationship actually gets to have that deep, deep bond and that sense of, oh, this person actually knows the darker parts of me or the grumpy parts of me or the sad parts of me, those little, the little parts of me. Yeah. And we're still actually in this together. Yeah. And there's something profoundly like one of the work that I do with a coach is having someone be there for me mm -hmm. while all those parts are there, while the angry tantrum, sad, whatever child is there, because yeah. we've all been programmed that if I let this part out, you're oh, all going to leave. Unlovable. Yes. Totally. Yeah. So with, with your partner, like when you started the relationship, like you start a new relationship, like how do you create this context of like, Hey, how would you like to have this level of yes. openness and conversation? Cause that seems, seems like a big step. Yeah. I mean, I think just what you just said, right. If you, if we start having conversations about the context of our relationship or the agreements or who we want to be in this relationship, who we want to be for this relationship, who we want to be together. Most couples don't do that. And some people think that sounds really strange, but when I think about every other area of our life, you know, when we want to grow our business or when we want to build a house or when we like, we talk about it with people, we make yeah. plans, you know, we make blueprints. And so I'm a big fan of actually having those conversations and saying, all right, especially if you want to be in a conscious relationship, like how could we do this consciously? You know, what is it going to take? And in the beginning of this relationship, we had a bunch of disagreements and where we were wrestling with each other and still working things out. And so it wasn't like it was totally pristine from the beginning. 
But anytime we had one of those, we were also willing to come back to ourselves and be vulnerable. I remember one time we had a disagreement and at the same time, we both said something like, maybe we should go sit on the couch and just say what was most vulnerable about this for each of us. Mm. You know, it was like, oh, okay. Instead of staying on the level of trying to prove something or trying to get my point across, what if we actually share that deeper place of why this hurt? Wow. Why, why this felt, you know, why, why I started to get all worked up about it. And wow. Like what got triggered in that moment? What little part got triggered right in that moment? Exactly. And what I noticed is that if we can actually have that context and my partner and I fortunately have, you know, we have a spiritual practice together. So we also have this context of, oh, we're not all those parts, just like you with IFS, right? We're not those parts. So then if I can have less shame about myself having those parts and he can have less shame about himself having those parts, then we could actually be like, hey, look, this little part is saying she wants this. Could we talk about this together? I don't know if I actually need it or not, right? There's a curiosity about ourselves too. There's a part of me thinking I want this, but I'm actually not sure if I need this or if this is just kind of an old leftover desire. I mean, sometimes those old desires, actually you can play with them and have them met and in really beautiful ways. And other times it's like, oh, once we talk about it, I see, I don't necessarily need that anymore. So I like having those agreements and context and also time each week or every other week to actually come back together and, and say, here's something I've been thinking about, or here's what feels challenging for me. I always, when I start a new relationship, I always start a little note thing in my phone and I mark down the things that make me uncomfortable or the things that I'm noticing that I'm getting frustrated by, or the things that I'm wanting, but I'm not saying. So it's like to check myself you know, as one who can lose myself, it was a way to actually just make sure, okay, I'm actually going to stay current with myself and I may not speak some of these, I may not need to speak some of these things, but at least I'm going to be aware of them myself. And then I found in this relationship after a year or so, I just stopped doing it because we were having more of those honest conversations. Hmm. So we have several practices, but I'm curious for you and like whether your personal stuff or what you train people on, you know, a lot of the times, we are kind of like talking at a really high level view that yeah. this, what you, what you do in real time is like the really high level. Yeah. Um, for a lot of people, you know, part gets hit, they get hijacked. They say shit that they didn't, they wish they could take back or yeah. something happens. And that's kind of like, you know, 99% of the time, that's kind of how it goes. Yeah. Um, and I think there are ways to learn. So like, even what you were saying, like with the phone and, but I'm curious, what practices uh, could you share with our listeners? So like they have that blow up, they, that thing happens, yes. you know, now they're beating themselves up, shame, guilt, the whole deal. But like, what can they do to work on that or like use that experience as a learning experience? Yeah, totally. I love that. And I think one of the best things to do is to really bring curiosity and compassion. I call it compassionate curiosity for yourself. Or one of my teachers, she'll, she'll just say something like, Oh, sweetheart, you know, of course, of course you blew up in that way, right? Like, can we let go of the shame and blaming and attacking ourselves and really get curious and see, wow, where did that come from? You know, what caused that response in me? And then to be able to go back to your partner and say, you know, to report back a lot of the couples I work with when they report back and say, oh, I didn't realize that I was still holding on to this 
fear, you know, that if I showed you this part, you were going to leave me. So I felt like I had to be strong and tough and that's why I was attacking. Or, you know, if you, if you actually kind of mine for those deeper learnings and you then bring them back to your partner, then together, again, that builds trust, that builds the sense of, oh, we're in this together. I'm not out to get you. You know, I'm really, I'm trying here. Uh, totally switching gears. Yeah. Undefended Love yeah. book. What other books would you say are really great for either single people looking for love, partnerships, yeah. people in marriages? I love Don Miguel Ruiz, The Four Agreements, The Mastery yeah. of Love. I mean, those are so simple and to the point. They're super easy to read. Yeah. Um, what is this one called? Guy Finley, Relationship Magic. Um, it's a really beautiful book about conscious relationship. I was also just thinking about Susan Campbell wrote Getting Real, all about how to again, speak your truth in a way that is connected and, and vulnerable instead of attacking. And I'm trying to write a book right now. We'll see what happens, but I'm trying to write a book about that overlap between honesty and sex or honesty and, and our love lives and how we often think that passion needs to be kind of re-sparked or regenerated through passion mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, that deeper intimacy, um, and honesty. So Hopefully someday that will come yeah. out. <laughs> Coming to bookshelves, TBD. TBD um, exactly. When, when people ask me, you know, what's the, the key to relationship? Like what's uh -huh. the, what's the number one thing that you would Ooh, say what relationships need to work on? I'm curious. So I'll tell you mine, but <laughs> you show me yours first. Okay. I'll show you mine and then you show me yours. What would I say? Uh, the number one thing. I mean, I, on the one hand, I would frame it as knowing yourself, right? Mm. Knowing what your triggers are, knowing what your desires are, knowing what makes you tick, what turns you on, right? When you actually know all of those parts of yourself, that's like the agency part, right? Yeah. And agency and communion, when you know those parts, and you can work through whatever it takes, whatever shame or fear to actually speak those parts. Yes. I think that's really at the heart. And then the listening piece, right? To be able to hear back from the other person without shaming or blaming or attacking or even just making their desires or ideas wrong. Yeah. The, the curiosity of, okay, who are you? Who am I? Who are we? As a continual exploration, as opposed to, well, now I know who that person is. And that's that. And I have that person in a box. Yeah, that's really great. I mean, mine is actually super, super similar. And because as you were sharing all this stuff, I was like, oh my God, this is again, just proving what I've always believed, which is communication. And when I say the word communication, I, I really, it's not just like, let me talk at you. It right. really is communication, like being able to speak truth yeah. and listen from that empty place like what you everything you've been mentioning like it's not personal they're not attacking me it's just like for the greater good and i've always said to people like show me a couple and i can tell you if they're going to last or not because i know yeah. 
when people stop to communicate, that's the end of the relationship. Like it's just, you might be living together and you might be roommates, but like the relationship is over and people that communicate more. And I don't mean like yelling at each other. That's not communication, but people that communicate more. um, And that's why everything you've been highlighting here, it's like, you know, clearly this relationship works, your communication, it is at such a high level yeah. where it's like, yeah, you, you build this muscle and capacity. Like you can work through anything. There's like nothing that's going to be thrown can... at you. Right. That's off limits where it's like, Oh my God, you did this to me. It's like, wow. Okay. That showed up. And now we get to like, look at it and explore it. And for most couples, it's like, you know, the smallest thing happens, they don't say anything, they sweep it under the rug. And then it's like that wedge just gets nailed in there and then there's just more proof. And so like the wedge gets, and the next thing you know, these two people are on different islands and just like, you're not even talking the same language anymore. Yeah. Yeah, the other thing I was thinking when you said that is the difference between thinking that, you know, your partner is, there to satisfy you or there for your needs. Right. I mean, I do think there's, there's interdependence where actually we are looking at each other and saying like, what do you need to be happy? And what do you need to grow? And how do we do this together? That's really beautiful. And when there's expectations that somebody's going to meet your need, as opposed to, okay, how do I, how do I figure this out and bring it to this person? You know, how do I ask for it and co-create it and whatever, but it's not that this person's just supposed to give it to me because were together. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that to me, was always like when someone told me that they were looking for their soulmate, I was like, your soulmate will arrive when you no longer need a soulmate to fill you. Yes. Yep. You know, it's like, and, and yeah. Cause I think up until that point, we find people to help us work through certain things that we think we need externally. And you yes. said it so well, it's like, when you work on agency, like, like, I don't need you to give this to me. Like I have it. I would just want to now explore and share co-create in partnership with, yeah, with someone, because I feel like that would be growth and more fun and all that kind of stuff. It's like, then the person that you actually want to be with will show up until that time some version of your mom or some version of your dad or the 12 other exes that you've had is going to keep showing up. Totally. Yeah. I remember, I remember a colleague at one point saying something like a relationship is a horrible place to try to get something, but a beautiful place to co-create something. True, true relationships. Yeah. Um, all right. So we're, we're winding down here. Um, I have a couple more questions though. Okay. First, for me, relationship is obviously like there's the, the the partnership relationships, there's the personal relationship, and I know that you uh, you have a child. He's got three children, so there's also this like familial, yeah. little soul growth partner relationships as well. Yeah. Um, you know, how does everything that you're doing? Because to me, it's like it's all relationships, it's right? All really, yes. So I know that there's a tremendous amount of growth inside, uh, the little beings that we're with as well. And I'm just curious if there's anything you, you want to share about that, like in practices and things that are working, not working. Well, I would say, uh, parenting has definitely been a really challenging 
spiritual path for me. I love it. And oh my God, it's like ripped my heart and soul to shreds. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a moment yesterday that was like one of those parenting moments where I will treasure forever. Uh-huh where I was listening. So I thought during the pandemic, I've started um, exploring positive intelligence. I don't know if you know, Shirzad yes. Chamin. I don't know her, but I know, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, him, it's a really beautiful practice. There's there's positive coaching and then positive intelligence. It, it's, it's a really beautiful way of looking at that we have these, it's kind of like the IFS, right? We've got saboteurs and then we have the sage mind. And so my kid and I have been talking about the saboteurs this whole year, because instead of my kid being at school, we're home here together all the time. And so I've been listening to my little like two minute, three times a day recordings with my kid. So I was in my office yesterday and I was listening to this teaching and it basically was like, you know, when, when someone else's saboteurs get activated, if you respond with your saboteurs, it just amplifies the whole thing. And so think of someone whose saboteurs you get activated by. My kid was in the kitchen and suddenly spoke up and was like, mom, I know you're thinking about me. And I said, why? And he was like, well, because I have some really loud saboteurs sometimes. And sometimes you get mad at me or you get oh, mad. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, actually, I mean, it's so true, right? We both have our saboteurs my kids' saboteurs tend to be around pessimism and thinking like nothing's going to work out and not trusting, which is a total trigger for me because I'm like, ah, wow, you live that way or it's going to be shitty. And I go like yeah. catastrophizing, right? And so to hear him say that and just be like, okay, he has an awareness, right? That there are these saboteurs. And together we can talk about like which saboteur is activating my saboteur. You know, I love that part of parenting. Wow. And that might be like 3% of it, but it feels like at least some of that's getting in. Yeah. I, they surprise you sometimes. Oh my God. Yeah. It's amazing. Right? Yeah. I, um, so they'll like come into my office while I'm doing coaching calls or like, they'll, and they'll, sometimes they'll sit and sometimes they won't, but every once in a while, like I'll come and they'll be like, I was telling my friend this, 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 and this. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Like, like, like they actually listen and they actually get it. I'm just like, this is so cool. They might not show it for 95% of the time. And yeah. then suddenly it'll like pop back up to the surface. Yeah. I, I mean, I've thought, been, yeah, yeah. I was just, I've just, I've been really trying to come from like, I don't know if this makes sense, but I've been trying to come from more like joy and playfulness with my kid. Cause I have a really like trickstery playful kid like everything is a joke and everything is a trick and some part of me is just like ah this doesn't it doesn't work for me you know like I'm not that way but at the same time I notice oh if I kind of merge in that way or if I allow myself to be excited and joyful and playful he's so much happier and I also feel like sometimes I look ahead to like how do I help my kid not be an asshole like as an adult, right? And so sometimes I have to actually also say, hey, that's not working for me right now. Or, you know, that's, that's not exactly the mood I'm in because I want him to also be able to attune yeah. to other people. So there's that balance of playing with, okay, what do they need? And then how can they know that they're having an impact as opposed to, I'm just going to say like, everything's fine, yeah. you know, because I want to be loving, but that's not always love. Yes. 
I love that. There's just something. So I have a, a son and a daughter and I always said, like, I knew I, I was certain that I was going to have two girls. Like just, I just That's funny. felt like I in my, in my, I was going to have a girl too. In my teaching, I was like, I'm going to have two girls. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I was actually really excited to have both because it's I, I, the, the contrast has really shown me how certain things that I do work with Shia in like this really easy, effortless way for me. Yeah. Where if I were to do the same things with Aaliyah, it's like, work. The, I mean, when I say like, it's like, a bomb. It, it's just the complete opposite of what you want to happen. And wow. with, with him, it's more in my natural state, Yeah, the way I operate energetically speaking, et cetera, like works for him yeah. where with her, it doesn't, but she, because of that has been such a profound teacher for me. I would say like, she has this way of like softening my edges mm. Because I know that if I show up kind of like where you're talking about, like there's things that she does that are so the way I do them. Yeah. She's like super stubborn and just like, will not yield till she gets what she wants, which is very me. Yes. But when you're met with that with yourself, yeah, exactly. When you're met with that, you're like, fuck you. Right. And so what's really beautiful about that kind of relationship is like, you went when you look at it from this way so you can see that part yeah so i call them like protectors instead of saboteurs yeah. like protectors so yeah. like this this her thing triggers apart from me my protector comes out now her protector has to and so we yeah. go into this like battle when however i receive that Yes. And I actually go inside and deal with my part. Yes. The protector doesn't activate. Mm -hmm. And the response over there totally different. generally is almost immediate. And it's like so loving and soft. Yeah. And so it's teaching me to be that gentle and soft internally with yourself, which yeah. allows me to heal these different aspects. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm with you. I feel like. And then maybe you have this experience too, like they, with intimate relationships, I think it's like adults. So there's a certain expectations, right? Well, like they're kids. I mean, they're a soul, but in a kid body. So I think yes. the expectation is slightly different, but I find this, that they have this like ninja way to push buttons. And then like, you get to this place and you're like, Ooh, wow. I just worked through that part. Like we healed it. We're good. And then like two weeks later, they're like, all right, we're on to the next thing. <laughs> and you're like, come on. I do. That's why I feel like it's like, you know, I feel bruised and battered a lot in a way, but it's like such an amazing, such an amazing teacher for me. And wow. It's exhausting. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, Shana. I love the journey that you're on and I love that you get to share this with mostly men, but I'm sure others like, it's just, to me, this is the stuff that's going to change and shift the way human yeah. beings live yeah. on this planet at this time. Like this yeah. is the work. Um, and I really want to honor that it's 
you're taking the information that everyone likes to hold on to and sound really smart at dinner parties um, and actually putting it into practice in your relationships. And I think that's like the biggest thing is you don't need another book and you don't need another this. Like what you need to do is take one or two things and implement and practice and practice and practice and practice. Like the conversations that you have with your partner, it doesn't happen overnight. It's not like you give it one go and you're like, what didn't work onto the next book. Most people who try like the first time, it just creates this major meltdown. And yet then from there, if you can actually look at that and be like, Oh, okay. How do we want to climb out of this one? Yeah. It can be beautiful. Yeah. So I just really want to honor like that you're doing the work and that sets grooves for other Hmm. souls to, to do that too. Um, because it really is easy to get trapped in information and never actually implement. Yeah. So, um, thank you. And thank you for being an old soul and a seeker and one who is committed to this work and to the depth and to, you know, learning everywhere you go and using your kids and your partner and everything as, as fodder for the growth. Thank you. So where can people find out about you and your offerings, your podcast? Yes. You can find me at shanajamescoaching.com. My podcast is called Man Alive. And um, if you go to shanajames.com slash TEDx, you'll find my TED talk. It's called uh, What a Thousand Men's Tears Reveal About the Crisis Between Men and Women. And then there are some guides for both men and women at the bottom, you know, that you can, you can grab for yourself. So reach out. I'm here. If you need support, I always love speaking with people and hearing how, you know, this impacted you. So feel free to let me know. Beautiful guys. We'll have all that in the show notes for you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Shana. And uh, we'll see you guys on the next episode. Have an amazing day, everyone. Thank you, dear one, for choosing to share a bit of your day with us. We value you greatly. And as a way to give back and help you to deepen these practices, we want to invite you to join our incredible community on Facebook. You can do so easily by going to joinoldsouls.com and ask for an invite. This is our private community where old souls and seekers are able to grow and share their journey with others. We hold exclusive weekly live streams, we answer your personal questions, and offer valuable insights that we won't be able to share here on the podcast. So again, just head to joinoldsouls.com and grab your invite today. And as always, if you enjoy this podcast, please head to iTunes and leave us a review. It's the only way other people can find this show. So if it's making a difference in your life, please share the love. Until we meet again, have an amazing week, dear one.